Section 24 of Smithsonian Institution, United States National Museum, Bulletin 240, Contributions from the Museum of History and Technology, Papers 34 through 44 on Science and Technology, by the Museum of History and Technology. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Paper 43, History of the Division of Medical Sciences, by Sami Hamarna. History of the Division of Medical Sciences in the Museum of History and Technology. This paper traces for the first time the history and division of medical sciences in the Museum of History and Technology from its small beginnings as a section of the Materia Medica in 1881 to its present broad scope. The original collection of a few hundred specimens of crude drugs which had been exhibited at the Centennial Exhibition of 1876 at Philadelphia, has now developed into the largest collection in the Western Hemisphere of historical objects relating to the healing arts. The author, Sami Hamarne, is the curator of the Division of Medical Sciences in the Smithsonian Institution's Museum of History and Technology. By the early 1870s, leading figures from both the health professions and the general public had begun to realize the necessity for having the medical sciences represented in the Smithsonian Institution. The impetus behind this new feeling resulted from the action of a distinguished American physician, philanthropist, and author, Joseph Meredith Toner, 1825-1896, and came almost a decade before the integration of a new section concerned with research and the historical and educational aspects of the healing arts in the Smithsonian Institution. In 1872, Dr. Toner established the Toner Lectures to encourage efforts towards discovering new truths for the advancement of medical science for the benefit of mankind. To finance these lectures, he provided a fund worthy approximately $3,000 to be administered by a board of trustees consisting of the Secretary of the Smithsonian Institution the Surgeon General of the United States Navy, the Surgeon General of the United States Army, only in some years, and the President of the Medical Society of the District of Columbia. The interest from this fund was to compensate physicians and scholars who were to deliver at least two annual memoirs or essays based on original research on some branch of the medical sciences and containing information which had been verified by experiments or observations. The Secretary of the Smithsonian Institution agreed to have these lectures published by the Institution in its miscellaneous collections. The first lecture, given by the Assistant Surgeon of the U.S. Army, on the structure of cancerous tumors and the mode in which adjacent parts are invaded, deserves credit even by current standards of scientific research. Only ten lectures were given between 1873 and 1890, despite the recommendation for at least two every year. A more direct factor, which not only contributed to the establishment of a section on the healing arts, but also had a greater effect upon the Smithsonian Institution than any other event since its founding, was the 1876 Centennial Exhibition in Philadelphia. This magnificent international fair commemorated the hundredth anniversary of the adoption of the Declaration of Independence. The finest exhibits of 30 foreign countries and various states of the Union participating in the fair 
were finally donated to the Smithsonian Institution as the official depository of historical and archaeological objects for this country. As a result, the institution's collections increased to an extent far beyond the capacity of the first Smithsonian building. This led to the erection of the National Museum, known for the last two decades and until date of publication as the Arts and Industries Building, which was completed on March 4, 1881, and was used that evening for the inaugural reception of incoming President James A. Garfield. Section of Materia Medica 1881-1898. Throughout the 19th century, the study of materia medica, dealing with the nature and properties of drugs of various kinds and origins, their collection and mode of administration for the treatment of diseases, and the medical utilization of animal products, held an increasingly important place among the medical sciences. In the United States, as in other civilized countries, this topic was greatly emphasized in the curriculum of almost every school teaching the health professions. Today, the subject matter contained in this branch of science is taught under the heading of several specialized fields, such as pharmacology, pharmacognosy, and drug analysis of various types. However, when the decision was made in 1881 to promote greater knowledge and interest in the healing arts by creating a section devoted to such pursuits in the U.S. National Museum, the title of Section of Materia Medica was adopted. Added to this was the fact that the bulk of the first collections received in the section was a great variety of crude drugs, which constituted much of the material then taught in the academic courses of Materia Medica. The new section was included in the Department of Arts and Industries, then under the curatorship of Assistant Director G. Brown Good. From its beginning, and for two decades, however, the section of Materia Medica was sponsored and supervised by the U.S. Navy, in cooperation with the Smithsonian Institution. For this reason, the Navy decided not to establish a similar bureau for a health museum, as did the Army, in starting the Medical Museum of the Armed Forces Institute of Pathology in 1862 through the efforts of Dr. William Alexander Hammond. The Smithsonian did, however, provide a clerk to relieve the curator of much of the routine work. The section's early vigorous activities were the result of the ingenuity of the first honorary curator, Dr. James Milton Flint, 1839-1919, an assistant surgeon of the U.S. Navy. From the establishment of the section in 1881-1912, Dr. Flint was curator during separate periods for a total of nearly 25 years. For three of his tenures, 1881 to 1884, 1887 to 1891, and 1895 to 1900, he was detailed to the Smithsonian Institution by the Surgeon General of the United States Navy. During the interim periods, other naval doctors were detailed as curators. Finally, in 1900, Dr. Flint retired from the Navy with the rank of Rear Admiral and volunteered to continue his services to the National Museum. The proposal was gladly accepted, and he continued on as curator until his retirement from the Smithsonian Institution in 1912. The section commenced with a wealth of material. After the close of the 1876 Centennial Exhibition, its Materia Medica collection had been stored with the other collections in a warehouse, awaiting an appropriation by Congress for transfer and installation. 
The collection was gradually brought into the new National Museum after that building's completion in 1881. Many other Materia Medica specimens were transferred from the Department of Agriculture. In addition to these large collections of crude drugs, generous contributions came from several prominent pharmaceutical firms such as Park Davis and Company of Detroit, Michigan, Wallace Brothers of Statesville, North Carolina, and Schieffelin and Company of New York City. These manufacturing houses are mentioned here because they and their agents abroad were the first to take interest and donate to the section. Complete assortments of contemporary remedial agents, then in common use throughout the United States and Europe, besides many hundreds of rare and curious drugs. Thus, in spite of difficulties encountered from bringing several collections into the building at one time, the Materia Medica exhibition got off to a good start. It was Dr. Flint, the first curator, who stated in 1883 that remedial agents used by a nation or a community are as indicative of the degree of their cultural development and standard of living as in the nature of their food, the character of their dwellings, and their social and religious traditions. Therefore, he felt that collections of drugs and medical, surgical, and pharmaceutical instruments and appliances should not be thought of or designed as instructive to the specialist only, but should also possess a general interest for the public. Because of these objectives, Dr. Flint added, this section was conceived as a departmental division for the collecting and exhibiting of objects related to medicine, surgery, pharmacology, hygiene, and all material related to the health field at large. During his first term of curatorship, 1881 to 1884, Dr. Flint devoted much of his time to sorting, examining, identifying, and classifying the Materia Medica specimens. In 1881, he issued a memorandum of instructions to be followed by collectors of drugs and urged them to give detailed and accurate information regarding acquired specimens so that they might be more than mere museum curiosities. In addition, in 1883, he prepared a brief manual of classification of the Materia Medica collection in the museum, as well as a useful detailed catalog of information labels of the individual objects on exhibition. The unpublished catalog is still the property of the Smithsonian Institution Archives, Division of Medical Sciences Library. It was Dr. Flint's ambition to obtain a comprehensive, worldwide collection of all substances used as remedies. Then, in order to identify drugs from foreign countries, he tried to collect illustrated works on medical botany and printed pharmacopias of all nations having them. He rightly defined an official pharmacopia as a book containing directions for the identification and preparation of medicines prepared and issued with the sanction of a government or organized and authorized medical and pharmaceutical society. Its purpose is to establish uniformity in the nomenclature of remedies and in the character and potency of the pharmaceutical preparations. It is enacted by legislation and thus becomes binding on all who prepare drugs or sell them for medication. By soliciting the help of various American consuls and Navy officers abroad, about 16 such official pharmacopias were collected making an almost complete international representation of all available official drug standards. With these sources of information, 
Dr. Flint compiled and arranged an international list of Materia Medica specimens indicating the authorized preparations of each. By so doing, the first curator of this section took the initiative, at least in proposing, and to some extent acting, on the preparation of an international pharmacopoeia of drugs used in existing authorized formularies, giving official synonyms and tables showing the constituents and comparative strength of all preparations. This undertaking is of special importance in the history of American pharmacy, since it was probably the first attempt of its kind in the United States. In addition, colored plates and photographs of medicinal plants were collected, forming the nucleus of the division's current collection of pictorial and photographic material related to the history of the health field. Dr. Flint also put on exhibition 630 Chinese Materia Medica specimens from the 1876 Philadelphia Centennial. These had been collected originally by the Chinese Imperial Customs Commission for the Centennial and were subsequently given to this country. In 1881, the numbered objects in the section's register amounted to 1,574 entries. In the following year, 1,590 more specimens were added, most of them drugs in their crude state. By the end of 1883, the total collection had reached 4,037, out of which 3,240 individual drugs in good condition were classified and put on display. Of these, about 500 specimens, with beautiful illustrations of parts of their original plants, had been mounted for exhibition. The drug exhibitions also included materials transferred from the Department of Agriculture in 1881, which originally had been brought from Central America and South America for the 1876 Centennial Exhibition, a variety of opium specimens from Turkey, and a number of rare drugs listed in the official formulary which were acquired from the Museum of Karachi in what was then India. Dr. Flint commented in the Smithsonian Annual Report for 1883 that the collection of Chinchona barks was especially complete. It was comprised of specimens of nearly all the natural chinchona barks of South America and every known variety of the cultivated product from the British government plantations in India. In addition, there were specimens from Java, Ceylon, Mexico, and Jamaica. The Indian and Jamaican barks were accompanied by herbarium specimens of the leaf and flower, and in some cases, the fruit of each variety of tree from which the bark was obtained. In an attempt to protect specimens liable to attack by insects, a small piece of blotting paper, moistened with chloroform, was inserted underneath the stopper in each bottle. Later on, bichloride of mercury was found to be a better insecticide. These early collections of the section were brought into admirable condition and received compliments for their organization and completeness. In the Smithsonian Annual Report for 1883, the collections were praised as superior to any other in the United States, and scarcely excelled by any in Europe. In spite of the apparent emphasis on the displaying of drugs, the first curator of the section had envisioned that the exhibits eventually would embrace the entire field of the healing arts. In the Smithsonian Annual Report for 1883, Dr. Flint noted that in the establishment of a museum designed to illustrate man and his environment, it is proper that the materials and methods used for the prevention and cures of disease should have a place. 
However, his plans were temporarily interrupted when his first term as honorary curator ended in 1884. On June 4, 1884, Dr. Henry Gustav Bayer was detailed by the Department of the Navy to become the second honorary curator of the section of Materia Medica. As a young man, Dr. Bayer, 1850-1918, had come from Saxony, Germany, to the United States, and in due course became a naturalized citizen. He was graduated from the Bellevue Hospital Medical College in New York City in 1876. Because of his interest in physiological experimental research, Dr. Bayer enrolled at the Johns Hopkins University, where he was awarded a Ph.D. degree in 1887. Unlike his predecessor, Dr. Bayer was primarily interested in carrying on research on the physiological action of certain drugs and in pharmacology. This was evident from the original scientific papers mentioned in the Smithsonian Annual Reports and published by him during the period of his curatorship from 1884 to 1887. Despite the pressure of his postgraduate studies at Johns Hopkins University, Dr. Bayer helped in arranging and classifying the Materia Medica collection without trying to extend materially the scope of the section. After the term of Dr. Bayer expired in 1887, Dr. Flint returned to take charge of the section. Surprisingly at this time, it seems that he showed less enthusiasm and devotion to the work of the museum which he had previously served so well. It could have been a disappointment resulting from a lack of evidence of any real progress in the section, since he had left it three years before. Whatever the reasons may have been, the Smithsonian Annual Reports show that only a few hundred specimens were added to the Materia Medica collections between 1887 and 1890, bringing the total to 5,915 preserved in good condition. Further curtailment of the section's activities began in November of 1891, when Dr. Flint was again transferred to other duties for the U.S. Navy. From November 1891 to May 24, 1895, curatorship of the section was charged to five physicians of the U.S. Navy, Drs. John C. Boyd from November 1891 to April 6, 1892, William S. Dixon, April 1892 to January 5, 1893, C. H. White, January 1893 to July 15, 1893, C. U. Gravat, July 1893 to January 22, 1894, R. A. Marmion, January 22, 1894 to June 15, 1894, and to Medical Inspector Daniel McMurtry, June 1894 to May 24, 1895. During this interim of nearly three and a half years, there were neither literary contributions nor additions made to the collections of the section that were of any significance. The reason is obvious, for all of these curators averaged less than seven months of service, which is not enough time even for a well-trained individual to accomplish very much in a museum. Therefore, it is easy to imagine that when the Secretary of the Navy detailed Dr. Flint for a third term to take charge of the section, he was rather discouraged. Nevertheless, at the Cotton States and International Exposition in Atlanta, Georgia, from September 18th to December 31st, 1895, the Materia Medica was represented by two displays, one on mineral waters and amounts of solid constituents in pure state, and another showing the quantities of minerals 
after analysis of the composition of the human body. A similar project was undertaken in 1897 at the Tennessee Centennial Exposition, May 1st to October 31st, in Nashville, where there were two displays of Materia Medica. One showed several kinds of the chinchona barks and the medicinal preparations made from them, and another containing the commercial varieties of the alkaloids of opium. At this time, Dr. Flint's attention turned to a new phase of medical exhibition. He felt the need for a program of exhibits on the practice and the historical development of the healing arts. A change of the section's name was deemed necessary, and thus in 1898 the more comprehensive title of Division of Medicine was adopted. End of section 24.